You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Coming up on this week's episode, we finally know OU's opponents for the 2024-2025 season. We'll see how close all hogs got to picking them right and we'll discuss some of the better road trips to make. Also, Kevin Sperry Jr., a recruit for the 2025 class, actually a commit for the 2025 class, is leaving Rock Hill, Texas to play football at Carl Albert. We'll get into that discussion. Brent Venables will tell you what he thinks or how many games he thinks OU can win this year, and also how many games CBS thinks OU can win this season. Please don't forget, give us a five-star rating so we can elevate our content and get it out to more people, plus write a review and uh, let us know what we can improve on. We always say constructive criticism, definitely welcome here on the Sooner Schooner Show. If you do both of those things and you take a screenshot of it and you email Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, we'll hook you up with a Heartland College Sports koozie, which is perfect for any tailgate that you want to take it to all over the southeastern part of the country or any family picnics you may be attending here in the next few weeks. So now we can jump into it. And last week, a week in fact, a week ago from when we are recording this show, the SEC did a brilliant job of taking, the, taking a page out of the NFL's playbook to do this schedule unveiling. And... One, I, I, I think the SEC is right on the NFL's heels as far as being able to dominate the calendar the way that the NFL does. I mean, let's face it, the NFL makes a big deal out of everything, whether it's the combine, their schedule release, the draft, whatever. You know, not to mention Super Bowl opening of the season. You're right there. You're bought in. The SEC could probably only do this one time simply because you're not going to have as much intrigue as you are now. I mean, with OU and Texas coming into the league, it brought a lot of intrigue. You could get away with it. Some traditional rivalries were going away. People were definitely interested in that. And we were so um, intrigued by this entire situation, not to beat that word to death, but we're on family vacation. We're on family vacation last week. We're sitting at an Italian restaurant in Marco Island, Florida, Joe D's. And while we're feasting on pizza and bread and stuffing our faces, we've got my smartphone out watching the SEC network to see who OU's opponents are going to be and wanting to hear what the SEC network pundits have to say about the whole thing. Yes, you can only do this one time. Now, if for some reason Florida State, Clemson, the SEC expands, you can do this all over again. But let's face it, Greg Sankey and that crew, will. if it's not a schedule unveiling, they're going to figure out some way to get you to watch the SEC Network or some way to get the nation talking about Southeastern Conference football. So for that, much kudos. As far as OU's opponents go, um, Alabama coming to Norman. There's the trip to Jordan-Hare. LSU's down in Baton Rouge. We'll definitely be going to that one. Uh, Missouri and Columbia, Old Miss and Oxford, South Carolina and Norman, Tennessee and Norman, and of course the annual game with Texas. Yeah, that's that's the toughest schedule anybody could have gotten. I mean, and you knew that already. When you saw LSU and Alabama on that schedule and then add to it Auburn and Old Miss, there had to be a shiver that went up your spine. And give it to the guys at All Hogs. Give it up to them because they got close 
Uh, they were right about going to Baton Rouge, um, obviously right about Texas, right about going to Missouri. Uh, we'll give them a half point for Alabama because they predicted the Alabama game would be in Tuscaloosa, not in Norman, so they were wrong on that. Uh, OU's not playing A&M. They're not playing Arkansas. They're not playing Kentucky. Uh, however, they are playing Ole Miss in Oxford. And I would say the Oxford trip, the Auburn trip, the LSU trip, all should be on your bucket list for places that you want to go. And then the next year, if you didn't make the trip to Tennessee, that's definitely worth taking. Columbia, South Carolina is supposed to be a hell of a place to go and have fun. So that, yeah, you, you might as well get the RV gassed up for that one. And then Tuscaloosa, for those that went there, and it's been, what, 20, what's it been, 20 years ago? So two, yeah, it was 2003, it was 20 years ago. It was the last time OU was down in Tuscaloosa. You might want to tell the family, hey, we're booking ho a hotel for 2025. And the reason I'm approaching it that way is because it's futile to make a prediction of how OU is going to do in the Southeastern Conference. Because one, we don't know what OU is going to look like. We don't know who's going to transfer in, who's going to transfer out. We have no idea what the recruiting class is going to be like. We don't know what they're going to be like this year and what that might mean for Brent Venables in the future. By the same token, we have no idea what any of these schools are going to look like. It's not just an OU thing. It's a college football thing. I mean, LSU could get ravaged by the transfer portal. Ole Miss, like, it seems like everybody's descending on Ole Miss now. You know, they get the best quarterback room in America. Although, um, starting to read some things that Spencer Sanders might transfer because uh, he can't beat out Jackson Dart. Uh, but you got all, you know, all these people are descending in Oxford. Well, they may all bug out. So prediction futile at this point to talk about 2024 and 2025. And, and I don't want to lead you astray and say, well, it looks like it's a seven and five schedule or a six and six or a 10 and two or whatever, because that's just BS. It, it really is. It's bad. It's, it, it's bad radio or it's bad podcasting. And I just won't do it. Um, if I'm going to do bad radio or bad podcasting, I'm going to, I'm going to go down different roads not the boring prediction road. Now, OU does have an issue of having two open dates in their non-con, and one of those has got to be filled by a Power 5 opponent now. And considering the fact that you are going to play Alabama, LSU, Texas all in the same year, uh, not to mention you know Auburn, South Carolina, Ole Miss, don't expect Joe Castiglione to rush out and we've said this before, but don't expect him to rush out and put Notre Dame on the schedule. In fact, you probably couldn't get Notre Dame because they're booked up for 2024-2025. Obviously, there can be arrangements made. There can be payoffs. There can be things done to get an opponent of that caliber. But chances are Brent Venables, the coaching staff, doesn't want anyone of that caliber, at least their first year in the SEC, and especially with those kind of opponents on the schedule. So you're going to want to try and get a Washington State. So I, try, I looked at Washington State. I looked at Louisville. I looked at Syracuse. Heck, I even looked at Oklahoma State to see if you might want to resurrect Bedlam. And of those four schools, Washington State has open dates in 2024 and 2025. Uh, the thing you got to keep in mind with any of these Pac-12 schools at this moment, their conference is in flux. So... What you don't know about Washington State, if you schedule them today, 
they're a Power 5 opponent. But if the Pac-12 breaks up the way that it could and they end up in the Mountain West, now all of a sudden they're a Group of 5 opponent. They're not a Power 5. So you still have to, so you have to, you know, kiss them off and then go find somebody else to be a Power 5 opponent. I don't envy Joe Castiglione right now because I'm sure that this is an absolute pain to deal with, but I know that he's going to get it done. Now, 2025 becomes very daunting for OU because not only do you have to play the, the same SEC opponents, but you are adding Michigan to that mix. Uh, you've also got Temple and Illinois State. No no big deal uh, you know, on that one. You should win both of those. And yes, Michigan is coming to Norman. Again, we don't know how good Michigan is. We don't know how good OU is in 2025. Uh, but you know, the excitement of Michigan, Texas, LSU, Alabama, all in the same season. You know, you can be scared all you want. And yeah, I admit I'm a little nervous after a 6-7 and seven football season last year. And, and I will say if this was 20 years ago, 2020 or 2003, 2004, come one, come all. I, oh, you will take on everyone. But I think you also have to be excited as a college football fan to know that OU is going to be playing OU, which is college football royalty, is going to be playing college football royalty. And all those investments that you make in season tickets certainly are going to pay off. But it's a very, it's a very, you know, for as nerve-wracking as it is, maybe for some, and and, and yes, the uncertainty uh, will will breed anxiety and all this for you as a fan, it's still a very exciting time to, to be an OU football fan, to know what's coming up here in the next couple of years and, and going into college football's best conference, most passionate conference. I can't think of anything better. I, I can't think of anything more exciting than that. Uh, now, some of you may get fired up over recruiting. That's not necessarily me. Uh, this Kevin Sperry story, though, is extremely intriguing. Uh, this kid out of Rock Hill, Texas, four-star quarterback out of Rock Hill, Texas, and according to 24-7, he's a top 15 quarterback. And uh, Rock Hill, not very good last year. He was a starting quarterback as a sophomore last year. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. Rock Hill wasn't very good. They won two games. It went 2-8. and eight. Well, I'm sure that didn't sit well with, with, with Kevin Sperry, nor his father, who played at Washington State, Kevin Sperry Sr., and the family uh, is adjusting accordingly and coming up to Midwest City, Oklahoma to play at Carl Albert. And they're doing this in the name of the fact that the kid, Kevin Sperry Jr., wants to get closer to OU, which led me to ask the most obvious question. Well, if you want to get closer to OU, then play at Norman, play at Norman North. I mean, they're in the city of Norman. I mean, I can walk to I can I can walk from Norman High's campus to OU's campus in a matter of minutes. In fact, did it a lot during track practice. Uh, it's actually because I had to run there during track practice. So why don't you go play at Norman, Norman North? Well, you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say. Neither one of those schools have been as successful as Carl Albert, and they're not going to be as successful as Carl Albert in the near future. And Carl Albert also has four kids in the 2024 and 2025 class, not four apiece, but four total between those two classes uh, that have been offered by Oklahoma. So you think from Oklahoma's standpoint, 
you, you kind of like the idea of, you know, five of your guys that you could get from one particular school playing on one team. Not only does that make for a great story, but if they're close and they get along and they like hanging out with each other, yes, and as you can hear, my dog has an opinion on this, um, you can you can keep them together, they can form a bond, and you can have a very close-knit team when those kids get on campus. Here's what rubs me wrong about this, though. And I'm not, look, I'm not ripping the kid. I'm not ripping the family. Look, you got to do what's best for your kid. You've got to do what's best for your family. I'm going to trust that Kevin Sperry Sr. knows what's best for his kid more than I do. Uh, this is not a move I would make, but it doesn't mean that it, that it is the wrong move to make for that family. Where I have a problem with this, and I think Kevin Sperry Sr. would know and understand this, is that in two years, a lot can change. Because Kevin Sperry Jr. has two years left in high school. So, yeah, I, I hear you, Dixie. Yeah, I, I hear you. Would, would in two years, would Kevin Sperry Jr. still want to go to OU? Would those other four kids still want to go to OU? Because a lot can change. I mean, one, you're talking about teenagers who change. Look, if you've got a teenager, I've got one now. I've got one that just turned 20 that obviously was a teenager. Heck, we were teenagers. You know how often you change your mind, okay? And, and there's always things that can, that can set you off. And what happens if you and your family make this move and he just decides he doesn't want to go to OU? Are, are you going to move his senior year? Let's just say he wants to go to Louisiana Tech. Or let's say he wants to go to Kansas State. Are you going to move to Manhattan? Or are you going to move down to Ruston? And start starts getting a, a little ridiculous from that standpoint. Now, look, if it's a family situation, you get a job offer and you want to move, you're in the military, you have to move, all that's understandable. Plus, what if, I mean, and think about this for a second. He's a quarterback. What if Jeff Levy leaves during that time? And again, I'm not saying any of this would happen. I just This is just food for thought. If Jeff Levy leaves... Does Kevin Sperry still want to go to OU because you may not be suited or want to run the offense that the new OC is is going to run coming in? So it's just a little bit to think about. Nothing against the super team that they have built at, at Carl Albert. I mean, look, first of all, it's a super program. I mean, they won state last year, probably going to win state the, the next couple of years. It's just hard to see anybody knocking them off in, in Class 5A with or without this kid. They're going to be good. Uh, they'll definitely be better with him. You know, nothing against that. Nothing against the, the, the family wanting to move. Yes, Dixie, I know. I can hear you. You're very vocal about this. It just, as somebody that would not do that, and again, I've got a kid that plays who would not move just specifically so my kid could play high school football in a particular place. Um, I just want to make sure you're proceeding with cautions. I mean, who knows? Maybe all this works out and it's fine. I mean, again, you got to trust the dad. You got to trust the family that they know what they're doing. And I hope it does work out fine because I'm not wishing disaster on him or anyone else. Although, real quick, the rest of college football is wishing disaster on Deion Sanders. Uh, that was written about in Athlon. And honestly, college football probably needs Deion to fail because if Deion doesn't, Think about how many coaches, think about how many new coaches are going to mimic what Deion Sanders did in Colorado. And why this is bad for college football is because no one, I just don't like seeing kids get kicked off teams. I hate that. I hate seeing kids get kicked off teams. 
I hate seeing a situation like a Look, if the kid did something bad, that makes absolute sense. Okay, go ahead, kick him off. But just because you don't think he's good enough because he was a part of the program before you got there, that's wrong. Unless you're going to find a place for him to go, that's wrong. And I would hate to see Brent Venables do that to kids. I would hate to see um, Jeff Levy want to do that, want to do that to a kid. I hate all that. And that's why I college football needs Dion to fail. Nothing personally against Dion. Love primetime. Love Dion Sanders and everything that he is. There's something very still cool about Dion. Maybe it's because I go back to my teenage years and I see the guy that played at Florida State and can rap and played for Atlanta. But Coach Prime, I'm not digging, man. I'm not digging the way you treat kids, and I don't want this to become a thing in college football. So at this point, can't say that I'm rooting for you. Am rooting for OU. Want Brent Venables to be right. He thinks OU can be a 10-win team if the defense is better, uh, which we all know and have talked about ad nauseum. We won't really know until probably after the Cincinnati game just how good the defense is going to be. But we've gone through the schedule. You know, we said 10-11 games really isn't out of the realm of possibility because right now, on paper, OU is favored in at least 11 of those 12 games this year. The only one you're not favored in right now is Texas, and a lot of that has to do with the 49-0 score, not to bring up bad memories from last year. Um, You're not going to be favored in the Texas game. You're going to be favored in every other one, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. You have had a lot of close losses, but... Those, those close losses are still losses, and you still don't know whether or not this team can learn how to win. And again, it's you're, you're not going to know that in the non-con. You're not going to know that against Cincinnati, which still feels like a non-con game. Texas is the first true test. How they fare against Texas will give you a much better indicator of what they're going to be the rest of the season. But yeah, we're all hoping Britt Venables is right. I'm hoping he's right. I think, you know, I've gone through the schedule. I've picked 11. I've picked 10. I've had him in the conference championship. I've had him not in the conference championship. Eight seems like about the right number after you go uh, six six and seven in a year. Uh, but again, Big 12 is not all that great. It's not like it's a, it's a dawning conference to overcome. It's not like it's your first year in the SEC. So all things considered, I guess what I'm saying is, is at nine and a half, I'd probably go over. That's what CBS says. Nine and a half, I'd go over. Yeah, I'm sitting on the fence because I just need to see this team play before I get bold. Or let me get a few beers in me like I did this week. And I start talking about them having an undefeated season, which no, I don't think OU will go. Uh, undefeated. I think it'll be a while before we see go OU on OU go undefeated. We might see some ten win seasons. We might see some eleven win seasons, uh, but an undefeated season anywhere in the near future, some big time things are going to have to change in order for that to happen. So ten wins, yeah, no, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Am I picking it? Sort of, kind of, yeah. My sack does hurt from sitting on that fence. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I just can't get crazy about it yet. Give me a few weeks, then I'll get nuts. That wraps up this week's episode. We thank you for listening. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon says, everybody love everybody. And to quote the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, your famer, Don Cornelius, peace, love, and soul. <laughs>